This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, April 4th. CJ, CJ, CJ. Yeah. The Twins win again. They win again. 11-1 to over the Marlins in Miami last night. And former teammate Luisa Rice, who, by the way, um, drove in the lone run for Miami. He's doing his best, man. Uh, he looks good in a Miami uniform, though, doesn't he? He does. Did you notice, by the way, that Miami brought back that teal? Uh, it looks great. They brought back the early 2000s throwbacks. Looks sweet, doesn't it? It looks great. The teal should never go. So... I guess the first thing that's that stands out from that game last night, uh, Joey Gallo, again, he had another home run. He actually hit home runs in three straight at-bats. Yeah, and uh, this was what it sounded like. As he swings and sends it to right field and deep, back it goes and gone! Gallo does it again! He's homered now in three straight at-bats. Another three-run homer, 4 nothing Twins, and still nobody out here in the second. Gallo mashes. Boy, there that's when he's going, that's a nice little fit into the middle of the order, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's what the twins were banking on, right? So Joey Gallo was a perennial all-star when he was with the Texas Rangers. He got traded from the Rangers to the Yankees in August of 2021 and really was never the same player. He just didn't quite fit in New York. Uh, of course, if you have like two bad games with the Yankees, you're automatically, I think uh, Mark DeRosa said this on MLB Network yesterday, and I agree with him. You have like two bad months in pinstripes, and everybody thinks you're washed. And you look at it with Sonny Gray, and you look at it with Joey Gallo, a couple players who, I mean, the jury still remains out on Gallo, but Sonny Gray at least was able to rebound and still pitch about another six seasons outside of struggling in New York. But the Twins with, uh, uh, not Derek Falvey, but Thad Levine used to be in the Texas system uh, as in their scouting department. So he's very familiar with Joey Gallo and was one of the reasons why they wanted to bring him in. And he's done a lot of work shortening his stride, really trying to get that power uh, back. And so far, so good. That's all, that's pretty much all we can say at this point. Yeah, that's fair. So he hit a home run his third of the season. Uh, also going deep in this game, this is just an aside, um, Max Kepler, two for three with a home run. So congratulations, we reverse jinxed him into hitting the ball well after yesterday's chat. We bullied Max Kepler into finally hitting the baseball, and then he left in the fourth inning with knee soreness. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so that's kind of a bummer. It was very short-lived. Uh, also hitting home runs in the game were Ryan Jeffers and Trevor Larnack. That brings us to point number two. CJ, would you just tell me everything I want to hear about Trevor Larnack? Uh, Trevor, tell me things that I have been saying all offseason anyway about this guy. Just go ahead and reiterate it. Sing to me about Trevor Larnack, please. Well, for those who don't know, Trevor Larnack was the Twins' first-round pick in 2018. He was a four-year starter at Oregon State. By the way, that Oregon State 2018 team has uh, Drew Rasmussen, who's a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, striking everybody out. It has Adley Rushman, the catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, who's the one of the better young catchers 
in the game. It also featured Trevor Larnick as the team's left fielder. That team won a College World Series in 2018, and uh, Larnick is a guy who strikes out a little bit but can hit a lot of home runs, a lot of doubles, and we've seen glimpses of how good Trevor Larnick can be, but he wasn't able to stay healthy in 2021 or in 2022, and now in 2023, he gets the opportunity to play because Kirilov and Polanco are on the IL. He gets consistent playing time in left field, and right now he's making the most of it. Has a few RBIs to his credit, hit his first home run of the season off a lefty, mind you, so a lefty-lefty matchup. He takes it to dead center at Marlins Park. Corey, I could say a lot, but how about we have the manager say a little bit about Trevor Larnick? He was hitting in the four hole on opening day for a reason. He showed us a lot. He's shown us a lot in the past, um, but he had a great offseason and a great camp. So no one's more ready and confident to step into a role that he hasn't done before than him, in my opinion. So um, there was no uh, hesitancy on our end uh, to put him out there and see what he can do. And uh, he sees his opportunities when he gets them. So he's look, he's looked really, really good. Yeah, I uh, couldn't have said it any better myself. I love him. I, I do. I, it's it has been. I'm what I'm just repeating myself. Well, it's good because he's a pedigree guy. It's it was going to work eventually, and through four games, it's working. It's worked. Uh, you sent me a text on opening day, Corey, after Trevor Larnick had an RBI single, and you said something along the lines of "Your heart is ready to love again." So I'm glad that you're able to to find that with Trevor Larnick. It is. Please stay healthy. Please. Please stay healthy. Uh, Let's move on, shall we? The Minnesota Wild blew a late lead. They lost in the shootout to Vegas last night. Four to three ends up being the final in this one. Um, They earn a point, CJ, Mm -hmm. and that point clinches a playoff berth for the Wild for the 10th time in 11 seasons. They uh, go for the 13th time overall. That part is the good news. This is now, however, two straight without a W. I think it's two straight. Yeah, they lost to Vegas on Saturday. On Saturday. That was a straight loss. Yeah. So, um, I, I I know this is going to sound like an overreacting question. I'm not asking for an overreacting answer. Okay. Is this something that needs to be of concern now that it's a couple straight after what felt like an unbelievable hot streak for, I don't know, two straight months? So what I uh, what I would say with the Wild is is they've played well. They just had a really gutsy win against Colorado last Wednesday. Yep. Uh, and that was a straight up victory, no overtime. They were able to beat the Avs on the road, and they're a point behind them in the standings. The Colorado Avalanche are. The Vegas is a good team. They have more points than the Wild. They play over in the Western. Uh, they play in the uh, the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. So the Wild typically. Uh, haven't really had to chase them or worry about them too much in the standings. You'd like to have gotten that win yesterday on the home ice, but at the same time, I think it probably is a little overreactive because they've been playing well. These are two games in a row against a really good team in Vegas. You'd have liked them to pull out one of these wins, but... Uh, I, I think they have five more games to finish out the year, so they play the Penguins on Thursday night in Pittsburgh. They come back home to play the Blues. Then they go to Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Then they host the Winnipeg Jets, and then they go to Nashville to take on the Predators on April 13th. That'll be the final game of the regular season. I think if they struggle in games against the Blues, the Blackhawks, and the Jets, then we got then we can hit the panic button. They are 16-2-5. 
in their last 23 games. So, again, I didn't mean that to be an overreaction sort of question. I just, you know, is there anything in the tea leaves there that is necessarily a point of concern? But I think I, I any- don't I don't feel that way. I'm just yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not smart when it comes to hockey. Oh, I'm not I mean, I'm not an elite hockey mind. Let's put it to you that way. But I think just reading the tea leaves in terms of who they've played I think it's not a huge cause for concern. Also, a point for optimism is apparently Kirill Kaprizov is on the ice skating, and apparently the Wild say he looks great. Excellent. Excellent news. Let's move on uh, in our three things to thing number four. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we move to basketball. The Timberwolves continue their NBA playoff push with a game against the Brooklyn Nets tonight. In Brooklyn, it's a 6.30 tip time. Um there's what six, five games left something along four four games including tonight uh yes four games left including tonight obviously the wolves are trying to uh not play in a play in there's three games excuse me but there's still a realm of possibility that they could miss everything altogether i suppose mhm um on what on a scale of your choosing, where does this rank on the must-win scale? They're all must-win games at this point. Like, I, okay, but, but can I re can I yeah. re-ask the question? Sure. Not for actual playoff standings because we know for um, franchise and fans' mental stability on this stupid team. Where does it rank on the must-win scale? It's like a it's like a eleven out of ten right now because this fan base is about ready to have their heads explode, and that's saying a lot for how much Wolves fans have been through. Uh, that loss to the Trailblazers was bad. It could be like a bad, bad. I'm I'm trying to think of like a way to put it into like a different sport. It's like uh, I, I it's, you don't have to. It the definition of bad is like super straightforward. It was not hyperbole bad. It was real bad. Yeah. It's like a, you're supposed to be a playoff contender. You're supposed to be looking like you're supposed to have been looking your best all season and you put out a dud of a performance like they did. It's just deflating. My question and, about the wild loss, that was hyperbole bad. Yeah. This is that was real bad. Yeah, this one for the Wolves is serious, and it's a lot of things that have bugged them all season long, and it's a lot of things that have continued to manifest themselves, and not just for the mental stability of Wolves fans. I think if you're Chris Finch, if your team does not make the playoffs in this Western Conference the way how even it has been and how much they've underperformed, I'm not saying he will get fired, but Chris Finch very much on the hot seat if the Wolves falter down the stretch. Now they're likely going to get into the play-in game, but last season they were a seven in the playing game, which meant they had one game that they needed to win and they got to host it right now. They're sitting Corey in the Western conference at the nine. So they would host the Oklahoma city thunder, a team who the wolves have fared nicely against, but at the same time is no guaranteed win, especially in the play-in. And even if you win that game, you'd have to play the loser of Lakers-Pelicans, two teams that, as we've just learned, are not instant wins for the Wolves either. So it's a must-win game uh, in multiple different facets, but uh, the Nets are also a tough team who are fighting for playoff position themselves. It's on the road in Brooklyn. The good news for the Wolves is, is that they 
play down to competition, but they can also play up to some competition as well. So we'll see what they do against Brooklyn. They'll play San Antonio on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And again, that should be a win, but as we've just learned with the Wolves, there is no such thing as a guaranteed win this season. And then they'll, on Sunday, Masters Sunday, they will uh, host the New Orleans Pelicans that afternoon. All right, I have a question. You talked about Chris Finch. Um, does he? How do I how do I word this correctly? Does he not get credit for everything he did, despite all of the injuries on this team? Like, is is the final six games of the season enough for him to lose his job? And I bring that up because the Timberwolves have only really struggled and had embarrassing losses when one of their players who missed a large chunk of the season has actually been on the court playing. Well, and that's who good. takes the blame? Is it the coach or is it this player? Because people I talk to them, I mean, and these are not real people; these are just my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, they. It's the player who's taken the blame. Well, and but here's the thing: is it's not necessarily who deserves the blame. It might just be who ends up getting the share of the blame. Because if you're Tim Conley, you put this roster together. Are you going to throw? cat under the bus for this or is it easier to throw chris finch under the bus for this? it depends on if it's about winning or if it's about saving face or not well and we're gonna find out depending on on how this season works out if the wolves miss the playoffs we're gonna see a lot of saving face yeah but that's not uh, win this is supposed to be about winning right it, it is don't save face do the thing that helps you win the most you'd be surprised Minnesota you'd be News surprised how many uh Pump. things in uh are made up of of that, of uh, made up of. Oh, I'm not surprised. I see it all the time. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of moves in the NBA, baseball that are all comprised of this. This has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, April fourth.